um, she was so genuine and she was sweet and she was fiercely loyal in a way that when I'm attached to somebody, I'm fiercely loyal. So, um, and she was determined, you know, it came to her academics and what she saw for herself. Oh, yes. There's nobody better for you to be around if you're really trying to be focused and hone in on something. It was absolutely. Hey, family, I'm Anika. I'm Beyond. And I'm Rose. And you're doing life with Lakeisha on Living Her Truth. Welcome to the Living Her Truth podcast, where we have honest conversations about what it means to live a purpose-driven life. I am your host, Lakeisha Woodard from LakeishaWoodard.com, the place where women receive the tools necessary to feel seen, heard, and supported while pursuing their purpose. And now every week, you'll learn those same tools through candid and transparent conversations. Hey, family. Welcome to another episode. I am so excited that you are here. I do not take it lightly that you decided to hit that play button and spend about an hour of your time with me. So with that being said, I want you to know that I'm 100% invested in your self-awareness journey. So you better believe that every week I'm bringing my A-game for providing you the tools necessary to live a more fulfilled, purpose-driven life. And the way that I'm going to do that on today is to share a little bit more of my personal self-awareness journey with you. So you guys, guess what? Today is my birthday. Yep. Today is your girl's birthday. So in a, in a way to celebrate my birthday, I decided to do a BFF, Best Friends Forever podcast episode. You know, I get a lot of requests um, to share more of my journey with you guys. Um, cause you know, I'm very open and transparent about my own self-awareness journey and people want to know more. And I, I didn't quite just want to just come on here and just talk to you for about 40 minutes to an hour, just talking about myself. So I thought a great way to do it is to have three of my best friends to come on and just have a conversation with me. So you can get an inside scoop of my self-awareness journey through the eyes of the people who know me the best. Like these people have seen my ups and my downs. They've seen my emotional journey, my emotional transformation, my mental transformation, physical transformation, my spiritual transformation. Like they've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, you know, my best friends have all met me at different stages of my life. So it's like you're literally going to be able to put the pieces together on how I got to where I am today. And this conversation, it was good. It was really, you know, cool to kind of like go back to or go back down memory lane, if you will. But it was also a reminder for me of how far I come. 
it was just a reminder of me or how far I come, how good God is and how his hand has been on me this entire time and how his hand is still on me. And just by having this conversation with them and seeing things from their perspective, just really helped me to see how God has just been orchestrating everything. And so I'm excited. I'm excited for you to hear our conversation. I'm excited for you to, you know, find out or or tap into or eavesdrop on the intimate details of, of my journey. Because it's easy for me to come on here and say, you know, hey, um, my name is Lakeisha Wooder. I'm a survivor of sexual abuse. I was abused by my mother's husband for eight years. My mom and other, you know, people in the family knew that the sexual abuse was going on. Nobody did anything to help me. Um, I spoke up, went to the to the police station and said, hey, I'm being sexually abused. We went to trial. He was found guilty. I go off to college. I'm the first generation to, you know, graduate from college to get a master's degree to go off to law school. I was going to become the next Perry Mason. And then I decided that I didn't want to go and do law anymore. So now I'm here. Like, it's really easy for me to just rattle that off the top of my tongue, right? And say that this is what, what happened. But it's a whole different story when you get into the intricate details of someone's journey. Like you're going to find out the parts that most people go through that they don't want nobody to know that they're going through. You're going to hear the, intric the, the intimate details that most people are ashamed, are ashamed of, especially someone who has, suffer sexual trauma if you will so okay with that being said I know that probably <laughs> I know that probably you know made you think that this is going to be like a Debbie Downer type of episode but I promise you it's not that it was a lot of laughs you know a, a lot of cracking up doing this particular episode so even though um we we talked about the the intimate parts of my journey it's not a sad story, you guys. Like, it's, it's, it's not a sad, sad story. I have, you know, gone through my healing process. I'm constantly, you know, doing self-care and, and work on my mental and my emotional state to make sure that I stay, you know, in this, you know, peaceful mental state that, I, that I'm in right now. So I'm constantly doing the work. So it's not a sad conversation. It was really a really good conversation. And we ended up talking for about, an hour and a half, actually, because towards the end, we did answer some questions because I put a poll up on Instagram. So if you're not following me over on Instagram, you should go find me at Lakeisha Wooder. Real easy. Lakeisha Wooder over on Instagram. Hit that follow button. So when things like this come up, you can participate because I put a poll up on Instagram just asking for questions, you know, additional questions that you guys would like for us to answer. And so we did that um, towards the end of the episode. So we talked for about an hour and a half. So instead of taking an hour and a half and squishing it down to like 40 minutes, I decided to keep the whole episode, but just split it in two. So today you're going to get the first half of the conversation. And then next week, you're going to get the second half of the conversation. So yeah, guys, I am super excited. You know, I'm super excited uh, for you guys to 
hear all about my journey. And I'm even more excited, you know, for you to continue the conversation. And I'm excited to hear your comments and things like that. So please, depending on where you're listening to the podcast, you know, if you're on my website, you know, livinghertruthpodcast.com, please leave a comment um, so we can continue the conversation. Or come find me on Instagram at Lakeisha Woodard. Come find me over on Facebook at Lakeisha Woodard or on Facebook at Living Her Truth on Facebook and leave comments so we can continue the conversation. Oh, and speaking of Facebook, remember you guys, there's a video version of my episodes. So like 98% of my episodes, there's a video version to it. So you can always catch the video version over on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Living Her Truth for the video version of the conversation, including this one. So you can be able to see or, you know, put a face to a voice of my best friends. Um, I'm sitting down and I'm talking to Rose Slate Hatcher, Bian O'Neill, and Monika Patton. Those are my three best friends. And so I'm just really excited for you guys to, to meet them. And I'm just really excited for, for us to get to know each other just a little bit more. So... Without further ado, please eavesdrop on my conversation with my three best friends for my birthday episode. Friends, thank you so much for saying yes to having this conversation with me today. Absolutely. You're welcome. All right. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about this conversation and I'm a little nervous too. I don't know why, but y'all make me nervous. I don't know why. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. I have no clue. I'm trying to I don't know. You're having this problem. I've always, it's always been like that. Really? really? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that, Nika, when she bossing you around? Oh. I don't feel, I don't feel no nervousness. All right. Oh, she bossed y'all around too. Yeah. Oh, I thought I was the only one. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. No, but it's cool. So that's, that, that's, that, that's that leadership in you, girl. Go ahead. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, it's going to be my birthday, though. Y'all going to do it. Happy like birthday. This. Yeah, happy birthday. Boss ladies. Good <laughs> <laughs> with y'all. But, um, <laughs> So I love to start off every conversation with just talking about how I come to know the person I'm talking to. And so this is going to be interesting because, you know, I've met all of you guys at a different point of my life. And I've known you guys for like a long time, for like decades. We've known each other for like decades. And this is the first time that we've had a conversation like this all together. So I'm super, I'm just really excited to have all of my friends, best friends in one spot to have a conversation. So I thought this would be a good birthday episode because people want to know more about my, my journey and my transition. And instead of me just talking for 45 minutes to an hour, I just figured, let me just bring on the people who pretty much know me best and who's going to be honest because I know you guys are going to be honest and like tell it how it is so um yeah I'm just happy you guys said say yes and you're and you're here so we're gonna start with Monika because I know Monika the longest so 
Monique and I go way, way back to like before we was forming our mama's wombs. Like that's how far yeah. back. Because our grandmothers <laughs> were friends. Mm. Yo, that's that's how far I go back. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Our moms yeah. are best friends. So yeah. literally know Monika like all of her life, all of my life, know her. And then Bion is the next person that I've met. Sure. Yeah, Bia, I met right after high school because he. I met him in school at the first college I went to. So you guys, for all of you who know, you know I graduated from Clark Atlanta University. Well, I attended Justin Justin College first for a year, and that's where university I met. now. Yeah, which is that? It's a university now. It's a university now. Justin University. It's a university now. Okay. Okay, Justin. So that means there's more than 500 people there? Yeah, it's beautiful now. You should see it. <clears throat> I'll pass, but okay. And <laughs> 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 they don't want to, Justin don't want, they don't want to see me. They don't. No, they don't. No, they they don't. don't want to see me. No, they don't. Justin College don't want to see me. Maybe y'all mm-hmm. find out why, but they don't want to see me. And so the last person <laughs> that I come to know is Rose. So I met Rose my first semester at Clarkland University when I moved down to to Atlanta. So I've met everybody, all of my best friends at different stages of my life. You got birth, you got the major transition because I met Beyond right after uh, high school, which is right after the trial with you know my mom's husband with the sexual abuse and things like that. And then I met Rose um, Doing it at the beginning, before I even started the the healing phase. So everybody has seen me go through this whole like crazy transition up and down to see me get to where I am today. And to be honest, guys, and and I think I've told all of you this before. I don't know if I could have gotten here without you guys. Like, like I love you guys with all of my heart. Just so it's I gotta say about this much though for Jeremy is. <laughs> You better leave Jeremy alone. We love you too. Y'all better, you better leave Jeremy alone. That's all I got to say. I you think Jeremy need a little bit more of that love. You better, okay. leave, better leave him alone. Man, I'm alone. good with it. Y'all better leave Jeremy alone. <laughs> That's my guy. Jeremy, Jeremy, cool. Jeremy know we got his back. Yeah. All the way back. Yeah, I do, for sure. So, I guess I want to start off by saying, just asking you guys, what was your... What was your first impression of me when we first when we first met? Because I know I don't have an answer for that. I know, I know you don't have an answer for that. Because that you goes been Kiki. Yeah, and everybody don't call you that, but you Kiki to me. Mm-hmm. Always will be. Mm-hmm. You know, all three of you guys call me something different. She was a thug, really. <laughs> Still is. She was a thug. I mean, it looked like one, too. <laughs> I was scared at first. You were scared of the itty-bitty? Man, them, them the worst ones. You right. It's selling that. got used to that me mug that she used to have. I was just happy it was black people there. So, yeah. So I, that's why I wanted to talk to her. I said, ooh, black people. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I went up and talked to her. She was with this little light-skinned girl. 
Yeah, yeah. I thought she was a thug. She had a bandana on her head. <sighs> and she her pants was almost falling off her pants. You had the waist yeah. and everything. Yeah. Um, what was really going on? It wasn't it was the nineties. It was the it wasn't the best time in my life, but yeah, like saggy pants, Tim's. Yeah. yeah, I I look like that probably right before right before we we met Rose because Atlanta is when I ditched the saggy pants and the Tims. I mean, I I I'll, I'll you know we can maybe I I say it now because when I came to Atlanta, Atlanta was a culture shock for me because even though I grew up around black people, I don't know there was it was a different kind of black people in Atlanta when I went to Atlanta. So I got rid of the Tims like immediately. I didn't want to wear the saggy, the saggy jeans anymore. But when Beyond met me, that's how it was. Like I came to class in the flannel all the time. Like Beyond met me right at the verge of like, I was making a decision to join the game at that time. Like that's how far gone I was. That's how far I left. So when he said that I was a thug, I mean, you know, it wasn't, not one of my proudest moments, but um, but yeah. And Justin College, you know, is a Christian university. I'm gonna stop calling it Justin University. It's a Christian university, so it wasn't a lot of black people there at all. I didn't know that. Yeah, besides me, him, and the light skinned girl he's talking about, I remember one other black girl. How many black people was when we was when I was there? No, after that. More than that. So wait, where? What state is this in? That's Illinois. In Illinois. Illinois. Okay. Mm-hmm. A bunch of black people there now. Yeah, Elgin, Illinois. So, um, so yeah. So I can see. So yeah, a couple of black people come on on campus, and then you know we straight out of straight out. I am straight out of the project. Just straight out of the projects. We'll go to class, kick back, my feet up all, all up on the desk. We didn't teach a lot. <laughs> yeah, she was. That's exactly how she was, too. Okay. I didn't tell the teacher she wasn't going to beat her up. She ain't going to beat you up. <laughs> She's not going to beat you up. This is you had, funny. You had, the, the, the teacher, uh, what's her name? Uh, Professor Mashowski, the old lady. Yeah, she was scared of you. Yeah, I remember wow. that. My English teacher. That was our English teacher. Yeah. You, I wouldn't even heard of why, but yeah. I, yeah, she was she, she was scared of you. She was really scared of but she was scared of you too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was there on the basketball team. Yeah, didn't. but she she was all right though. She was all right. She didn't hurt nobody. <laughs> Rose, what about this you? It's funny because I didn't know all of this. <laughs> You know what, wow. Nika, I'm with you. Um, I knew she had transferred in from another school, but I didn't know she was up there um, punking the professors. I had no idea. Right. Do you she know how useful that would have been at Clark? She would <laughs> When I was struggling in biology, I could have just had you go in there and handle that for me? Just handle it. Instead of me stressing and studying? Oh, my God. <laughs> Wow. Well, you know, lessons learned. We can, we can get the, we can, maybe she can help with the God kids. She can go threaten a couple professors for them. See, I'm not, I'm I'm not that person anymore, though. I think we could dress you up to do it, though. 
She's still in there. It's still there. It's still in there. It, it come out every once in a while. It come yeah. out. It come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It come out. Yeah. She, she forget. Yeah, she does. She does. I think when I first met Keisha on campus, I, I was thoroughly convinced that the day I met her, I was introduced to her by um, a girlfriend of mine that I'd gone to middle school with and hadn't seen since middle school. And uh, I was taking a summer course at Clark and she met me up on campus and she introduced me to Keisha. And that was Rahima. And uh, I just remember her walking up and she had this, that mean mug. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who, who are y'all introducing me to? This is not going to work. <laughs> like, <laughs> I felt like somebody was, um, I'm, I've never been in a game, but I felt like she was stepping on my turf a little bit. And I was like, she's not going to be friendly. This is not going to work. I'm not going to like this girl. I had already checked that box. Mm-hmm. My mind, no, I don't, I don't want her hanging out with us. I, no, but I'm cordial because she's a she's a friend of a friend. And after a couple of weeks, what I quickly realized with Keisha, um, it was just like you guys said. It was she had that that tough exterior, mm-hmm. super sweet and very vulnerable, and she mm-hmm. show it to everybody. Mm-hmm. I saw it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from there, I mean, pretty much dropped all those part and just hung out with mm-hmm. <laughs> It was all said and done. Mm-hmm. Um, I still talked to a few of them, but um, she was so genuine and she was sweet and she was fiercely loyal in a way that when I'm attached to somebody, I'm fiercely loyal. So, um, and she was determined, you know, it came to her academics and what she saw for herself. Oh, yes. There's nobody better for you to be around if you're really trying to be focused and hone in on something. It was absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was what I picked up in the first, probably the, <clears throat> the first few weeks of really getting to know her. Um, and it, it was one of the best decisions I ever made to kind of just back up and really look at that person and really see them for what they were rather than just looking at the outside exterior. Um, Cause she, you weren't wearing, you know, the, the Tim's and all of that when I met you, but she was had on her sneakers, hair pulled back in a bun, you know, still very much that around the way girl. Um, but if I, I could have put her up against anybody at CAU and the tenacity that she had, nobody could beat that. Oh wow. Y'all ain't gonna y'all ain't gonna make me cry. Y'all ain't gonna make Please me cry. don't cry on this camera. <laughs> Your cry is bad tonight. We ugly when we cry. Don't do it. Yeah, no crying. I was gonna ask how long did it take for you guys to see past that uh see past that that heart exterior and Rose you said like a couple of weeks because you know with Beyond with it probably wasn't that long right Beyond no uh, it didn't it didn't take it didn't take long no mm-hmm. you were uh I saw you was all right <clears throat> you know like Rose said you had that face yeah and I said yo well she gonna beat me up or something but <laughs> but I but I talked to you anyway 
because you weren't even paying attention to me. And I introduced myself to you. And then you was nice. That other girl, I don't know about the other girl you was with, but you was all right. Yeah, but you was all right. And you the one you you the one that brought us closer together. I was only friends with her because I was friends with you. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. I I you know, I had went through I had went through a lot. You are, uh, well, beyond, I was fresh out of it, for the most part, fresh out of um, the, the case against the, you know, against my mom's husband. My sister was murdered. Um, and, she, and that's probably the reason why I didn't join the gang, because it was rumors that the gang that I was going to join was the gang that killed her at the time. I, how can I join a gang that killed my sister? Um, and the girl that I was with, you know, he's referencing, you know, she was going to join the gang too, but we was going to join like opposite gangs. We were supposed to join at the same time, but I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. So it was that, that hardness, it was a facade. It was more so, um, like a security blanket because a defense mechanism. It was a defense mechanism mm-hmm. because of everything that I was, that I went through. Um, I just, I, I could I could not be a happy child. That makes sense. I did not want to come across as a happy child because I was not happy. Mm-hmm. The only time, well, I'm not going to say the only time, but the few times where I really felt like I was able to enjoy Sorry. Right. A piece of my childhood is when I was spending the night at Monica's house. Because her house was my refuge for a long time. It was my refuge. And I loved her mom because her mom was just, her mom, like I would see her car coming down the street. And I would get so excited. You know how you you be playing around or whatever, making a whole bunch of noise. When I see Lolo car coming down the street, I go get real quiet. Real quiet. (laughs) (laughs) So my mama was about to get on my mama's back. I'm going to go real quick because I know she was coming to get me and I knew that I was going to be gone for a while because her mom would come get me and it will be, I'll be gone for like the whole summer. I ain't have to bring no clothes, no shoes, no socks, no nothing. Just go get in the car. And she took care of me for like the whole summer. So those were the summers where I was really able to just like and breathe. That is so crazy because it's like, I'm trying to remember. Because it was like a time when we broke off and we didn't see each other for a long time. And I'm thinking middle school to Atlanta. Middle school to Atlanta. Because it had to be because I didn't even know what you went through. Mm -hmm. I never knew it was going on until after the fact. I never told you because that was my time to like escape it. And to not talk mm-hmm. about it. You know, after after a while, after, you know, once I started to get older, he really got strict. 
he really got straight. So I like barely came outside at all. Wow. Barely. Like barely. People barely saw me, you know. Um, yes, I went to prom and, and things like that, but I mean, I was always in the house. But you know, but that's what abusers do. They want to, you know, that's how they keep control, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't see, I didn't see like a lot of family. You know, because it was just, just had us on lockdown like that. That's just how it was. Yeah. You know, and my mom went along with it. He ran a household. He was the king of the castle. That's how it was. It was, he was the king of the castle. So, you know, so I had this, this, this hard exterior because it was my defense mechanism. And so when I saw Beyond, he was just so sweet and just so persistent, you know, and uh, and also beyond, I know, I know, I'm gonna be transparent. And you had a car. Yeah. I lived in Chicago, so you know, And he would go home every weekend, so we'll we'll go home with Beyond, and then you know sometimes he'll let us use the truck. So, but mm-hmm. it was a truck. Beyond was extra nice. Beyond was. Well, I don't, know. I don't remember that. That's what I'm trying. I don't remember. Yeah, I, okay, I do. I remember. It was a blazer. That's right. It was a blazer. It was. Mm-hmm. It was a blazer. Yep. I remember that. Okay. Extra nice. And um, he would take me to go see my niece, Tatiana, because my sister, you know, was killed. And he would take me to go see my niece so I can, you know, establish a relationship with my niece. <laughs> Um, we just became, we just became really good. We just became really good friends. You know, be honest, the person, I think I've mentioned it before where, um, I talked about how, you know, I was talking to a friend who wanted to write a book on my life. That was beyond because I had told him what was going on. And he was the first person to even like plant the seed of a book. He was just like, you should write a book. You let me write a book about your life. And I was just like, Oh, really? Okay, I don't care. And I think we recorded or started recording in like one, not necessarily an episode, but I remember us recording. Mm-hmm. And um, so you could do like dictations or whatever, start writing. I was just yeah, like, I still got all that stuff. You do? You still got it? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so I remember telling Beyond, I was just like, you know what? Let's hold off on that because. Like, I don't want my story to start and stop at the abuse. Mm-hmm. Because by that time, you know, I, I knew I wasn't going to come back. I wasn't going back to Justin. Beyond is the one to help me. Beyond is the one that told me about Clark. It was because of him. Like, I didn't even know what an HBCU was. All really? I, I didn't even know what it was. All I knew is that I always wanted to go to Georgia. Just Georgia. No particular mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was just something about Georgia. And all I knew is I, my back was up against the wall um, for the second school year. It was like, you know, where you like, where you want to go? Like, where, what you going to do? Where are you going to go? You know, because this living situation is coming to an end. So you need to figure something out. And so, like, I remember being in the library and beyond telling me about Spelman, he actually told me about Spelman and broke down what HBCU is. And when I looked at the qualifications for Spelman, because you guys, I y'all don't want to see my my transcripts from Justin. 
you don't want to see my transcripts because I, I get nothing good, Justin. So when I looked at the qualifications for Spelman, I was like, there's no way I'm getting in Spelman. There is no way I'm getting in Spelman. And so um, we started doing research. And that's how I found out about Clark. Wow. That's how I found out about Clark. So I went back to, you know, the person that was um, the <clears throat> that was over me at that time. Um, I went back to him and I and I told him, I said, you know, I want to go to a school called, called Clark and Lane University. And he was like, okay. And he filled out the application. He did the financial aid. He did all of that. So I didn't know. So when I went to Clark, getting the financial aid line at a black school, like all that was new because I had never filled out a FAFSA or anything because that first year it was all done for me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and that was the only school that I applied to. And thank God I got, I got in. Because after that, the live that particular liver situation ended, and I ended up back in Minnesota. I don't even want to know what I got into uh, in Minnesota, you know, for that short period of time. So, Rose, when I met you in the spring of '96, I had took that semester off. I did a year at Justin, and I took a semester off, went to live in Minnesota, and worked a, a couple of jobs to save up money. Um, because I didn't know if I was going to Clark because I hadn't got the acceptance letter yet, but I was like, I was planning for it and, um, got into some stuff that I probably should not have gotten into. And I remember getting the, um, the, did I call or did I get the letter? Getting the acceptance letter and telling my mom that I had got in. And so it was it was a wrap. I got focused. I got real focused in because I was like, whatever happens in Georgia, whoo, it it needs to work out. It just mm-hmm. needs to work out. And that's when I ended up, that's when I ended up in, in Georgia. So it was more so a Roseman, it was more so a defense mechanism. Cause when I got to Atlanta, you know, I got there early. That was my first time on a on a flight. Catching a cab from the airport, that was my first time catching a cab. That was my first time of staying in a, in a hotel. I had never been in a hotel before. Like, when I got off the, the, the plane at Hurstfield and saw a train in the airport, I was confused. I walked from the gate to baggage claim. If y'all wow. been in Atlanta yes, airport, I've done that. Wow. Because I was like, I don't know where that's going. Because I was confused. I was like... <laughs> I'm in the airport, right? Like, I don't even know where is that going. So I walked all the way to Badge Claim. I had this big old truck and I stayed at um, Pascal's. I think it was Pascal's. Yes. You know there? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's where I stayed because it was right, it's right around the corner from the school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one day I walked over to the campus to just kind of like see what it's all about. Like I had on a, a triple fat goose down coat because I was coming from Minnesota in January. So it's cold. I get to Atlanta. It's hot. It, it, it's, it's, it's hot for me. <laughs> I came about that cold. <laughs> no cut on. People looking at me like I'm crazy because even though it's hot for me, it's still winter time for Atlanta. So people looking mm-hmm. at me like I'm crazy. And I walk over to the campus and I see these black people, beautiful black people. I'm like, where the am I? So, yeah, when I started, when school started and I started seeing all these women 
on campus, I was like, oh, yeah, this ain't, this ain't going to work. These Tims ain't going to work. Because <laughs> I never saw you in Tims, so Mm-mm. interesting. Mm-mm. Yeah, I never interesting. saw Yeah, that was that would have been new for me to see her in some Tims. I got to read that real quick. Yeah. I got to um, I think by the time I met you and we started hanging out, what was the name of the dorm you lived in? You were on campus by that point. I don't even remember the dorm. Oh, I can't remember the name of it. Right? So mm-hmm. Did they turn them down? To rebuild the new ones? Because I lived in the old ones too when I first got there. Because then when the new stay. ones. The, by the, the end. Yeah. Oh, when I was in the new ones? Yeah. I don't remember the yeah. name. I can't remember the name of it now, but I think that's when I realized that there was something up. Um, Because at that point, we had been hanging out. We had been, you know, going to parties together. We had been hanging out with some of the other people hanging out with. Um, And it wasn't until we were up in your dorm. I think we were, I think you were switching out books. You're about to head, we were about to head to another class. and We were in between classes. And you got a phone call from home and it was your mom. And I remember you saying, oh, this is my mom. And I'm like, okay, let me get quiet so she can take the call. Because those dorm rooms are small. Mm-hmm. For the life of me to this day, I don't know exactly what her mom said because I couldn't hear it. But I just remember, I remember Keisha turning into a Sour Patch Kid. She went from being real sweet to being real sour, and she went off in a way that if I were to talk to my mother like that, my mom would have came through that phone and choked me out. And I remember just standing there, like, in a corner, like, I want to move, but I'm scared to move because I've never seen her react like that before. And I feel like if I move, She's going to turn around and she's going to drop that phone and she's coming after me. It was, it was such a surreal thing to see. And after that date, like when she got off the phone, she switched right back. You ready to go? About to go to class? Are we going to go over there and get some chicken wings after class? And I was just like, Rose, <laughs> Rose didn't know about what I, what I had gone through before. Right. That. Mm-hmm. She didn't know. I didn't know. How I am with my mom right now, like, that was a whole process to get to this mm-hmm. level where I have the type of relationship I have with my mom right now. Because at that time, whew, you were angry, and rightfully so. Absolutely. Very. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was one of those things where I just had to, I had to back up and just say, you know what? Whenever she's ready to talk about what that was, mm-hmm. and I'll be available. But I wasn't asked what it was because whatever that was, that was deep. Mm-hmm. And for the life of me, I couldn't figure out. I was like, I can't even fathom why mm-hmm. she talked to her mom that way. And especially, you know, a kid coming from Chicago, Minnesota, and you're all the way in Georgia. Mm-hmm. I was, I originally went to Savannah State University. I was only four hours away and I had days where I was homesick 
and couldn't wait to talk to my mom on a Sunday. So in my mind, coming from Chicago to Atlanta, you know, I would think that it would be the same sentiment. So it was, that was different for me. Um, but I did, I was like, something's up. I just don't know what it is, but there's something up. And I'm not going to intrude because I felt at that point, our friendship was still really new. Mm-hmm. I want you to feel like I was prime in your business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, whenever, whenever she's ready to pull back that layer and talk to me, I'll, I'll be waiting, but I'll, I'll just sit back and, and, and just keep moving. Mm-hmm. That's probably the craziest memory you have with me, huh? Okay, don't answer that question. Outside of us getting <laughs> stuck in that car in Freaknik, yeah. And that wasn't even us. You remember that, right? Yeah. Right. Y'all got yeah. stuck in a car? Don't. Well, we got stuck in traffic in Freaknik. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there was a guy who was trying to get us to pay him some attention, and we didn't. So he decided to drop his trousers and make us pay attention. Oh. And then when that didn't work, he decided to uh, wash my windows. Pregnant was a whole nother level. I had never even seen nothing like that. Like, talking about somebody who was just straight. I came from a straight household to come down into that. Mm-hmm. Right. It was a it was a whole it was a whole new world. What's the crazy yeah. memory you have of me, Monica? Girl. <laughs> Let's see. Which one? <laughs> the one that I will say is um I don't remember. No, nah, that is that's not the one. <laughs> that's that's not the one. Um the funniest, like when I think about like that's my dog right there. Was when we first, well, we had connected, it had been about a year down here in Atlanta, and I had a roommate situation, remember? Mm-hmm. And you and Mike Mike took a plane, a train, a bus, a cab to get to me. <laughs> this is before I had a car. This is before I had a car. Absolutely, but you got there. And that's the bottom line. But yeah, I had an issue with a roommate and uh, I called Kiki Mm -hmm. and her brother was staying with her at the time. Mm -hmm. And you literally took a bus, a a train Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it seemed like something else, but you got there to me and it was about to be on and popping, but somebody didn't show up. It was, but yeah. And and my brother was hyped too. My man was hyped. He had just came down. He was visiting from Minnesota. He was he was hyped. He was ready to fight. I was like, what? Oh, what? What? It took us about two hours to get there, but he was ready. (laughs) She got there, okay. And I mean, my house was packed. We was ready, ready, honey, ready. And she didn't show up. But anyway, yeah, that was one of the craziest memories. What about one of the crazy memories? What was one of your craziest memories? Man, them, them times you was getting ready to beat up. To be over that boy. What was that boy's name? You was dating that boy. And I think she was messing around with him or something. And I had to stop you from beating her up. Oh, you made me drop my phone. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah. I remember them bad. Yeah. The, the Judson head was, was cut out and uh, around a creek. So it was a bridge. So I told her I'd beat me at that bridge before she go over there and fight. So I had to talk her out of fighting several times. And they was wow. roommates. And they were roommates. Mm. Were roommates? Yeah, they were roommates. I'm gonna have to find a way to like beep her to to like bleep her name. Okay, believe my name. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say it. <laughs> I apologize. I apologize. I didn't mean to say it. I ain't like her. Anyway, no, uh, we gonna we gonna call her that girl. That girl. Okay. Well, I apologize. That girl. That girl. You, you went through so much with that girl in that room the last three months. You know, I, and I had to stop you from child. This one turned into uh, you know, like you know, Bruce Banner be Bruce Banner, right? <laughs> And then when he when he get mad, he turned to the Hulk, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's the Hulk little sister right here. It didn't. It didn't. Absolutely. It didn't, last, it didn't last for. It didn't last for long. I mean, I, I don't know what I did. I don't know how to do Black Widow. You know, his son getting low. You know, so she wouldn't go kill her. So. Sun's <laughs> getting low. <laughs> you know, we gotta do something. Because uh, you've been to beat the crap out of that girl. Uh, and that girl was a mess. So, just so much negative, negative energy in a room. She she can kill everybody, kill all the plants. You know, don't, don't have no plants around her because she'd kill them. <laughs> I don't I like I don't that that was the end of that was the end of my friendship with with that girl. Um, but it's it's just so crazy because when my mom left to go to Minnesota, I was left with her family. And so I was at Justin because of her family. Her family is the is the is how I got into Justin, Justin College University. It was college then. Um so I was only adjusting because that's where she was going. So it's like, had I not had had I not been with her family, I probably would have never went to college because that's how I even got into college, you know. And it was her family that got me into Clark that did all of my FAFSA application and all of that. And so we were because I became friends with that girl, like junior year, maybe sophomore, junior year of high school, because she had transferred over to, to the high school. And it's so crazy because the way we became friends was because of a boy. As a matter of fact, the, the guy that I ended up going to prom with my junior year, you know, he was talking to the both of us. And we was in class and I was talking to somebody. I don't remember who I was talking to and I was talking about him and she overheard me. And she was like, excuse me, are you talking about so-and-so, and I was like, yeah. She was like, oh, okay. Because, you know, he tried to talk to me, too. And I was like, oh, really? Well, let's go and confront him together. And so we did, tripped him up, and that's how we became friends. We was like two peas in a pod, and you could separate us at all from that point. And so it's, it's you know, kind of like a, almost like a full circle moment because we broke up because I was dating this guy, and she ended up messing around with them behind my back. She ended up messing around with them. And it's so crazy because his sister told me about it. His sister, she gave me a warning. She pulled me to the side one day and she was just like, you need to watch your friend. She was like, you need to watch your friend. 
And I understand like what she was talking about or or anything like that, because when I would go home um, and visit my mom in Minnesota or whatever, <clears throat> creep into Chicago and hanging out with him. So the sister didn't come out and tell me, she just kind of gave me a hint. And um, he just, he just told me one day, he was at school, I was on the phone and I was talking to him. And he just burned it out and he told me. And she was right there on the bed. I was like. Well, I'm going to say this too, Keisha. I'm going to say this. Let me say this. Because I met him before. Now, I told this story in church before. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) On the pulpit. Okay. Just so you know. Keisha, you famous, girl. When, when, When I met that dude, I met him once. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when they say people mimic animals, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, when I met him, he was in a uh, somebody's house in the basement. Mm-hmm. And when he when he looked at me, he became immediately threatened. You know, I, I wasn't trying. I wouldn't know that, you know, what he thought of when I had to explain that to him. But, but when he spoke, it was like Scooby Doo. Like a dog. Every time you talk, it sounds like. I couldn't understand what he was talking about half the time. And then spiritually, he's a dog. So when people mimic animals, that dude was a dog. And that's all I could hear every time I every time he opened his mouth, all I hear was a bark. So I knew he was garbage right then and there. I couldn't tell her that. You know, you know, I, I any of my place to say, you know, who people are with, but I knew immediately that he was bad for her. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he kind of dragged her down. You know, I didn't even like the way he spoke to her because she was, I, I know she ain't like that now. But back then, you were real passive, aggressive, like, and you would just do whatever he said. And I didn't like that. And so it was not my place to, to say, okay, well, you, you know, you in a relationship. I've learned a long time ago you start a people relationship. Mm-hmm. And so he he was he, he he. I think a lot of the negativity came from him too because <laughs> of the way that he treated you. And so I th- I just thought I'd bring that up. Family, family. When you have been through something super super traumatic, right? And you have gone through the healing process and you have healed from that traumatic event and you have used that event and pulled purpose from it and have used it to uplift, motivate, encourage, and teach other people how to embrace and love and accept themselves so they too can operate in their purpose. Who like when you have done so much since that traumatic event and when you have taken it and turned it into something gorgeous, you know, it's hard to it's hard to to hear where you used to be and how you how you were in the past. Like, you have no idea, like, how hard I was holding back the tears. And not because 
I'm still hurting over what happened to me in the past. But just like tears of, oh my God, I survived and I am thriving. Like my life could have went in a completely different direction, but God, and just hearing some of the things that they that they were saying and reminiscing on things that I haven't even thought about in years. Whew, you know, it, it just it, it it had it had your girl choked up. It had your girl choked up, you know, but not in a bad way, but just in a gracious way. Just, you know, feeling really thankful and feeling really blessed that God put these people in my life to help me and to keep me in alignment and to to show me that I am loved because let's be honest right sometimes depending on the situation we could think that there is no God and God doesn't love us because if God loved us then why would he allow X, Y, and Z to happen? But he puts people in our lives so we can like physically feel that love and see that love, you know? Because sometimes when we're just in, at, you know, at, at the rock bottom, it's hard to see it. And sometimes, you know, I, I truly believe that God speaks through and moves through people, right? And so, whoo. But I'm, you know, I, I stopped it there. So you're gonna have to come back next week to listen to the second half of the uh, second half of the of the of the conversation. You know, because the the birthday BFF episode continues next week. Because like I said, we talked for about an hour and a half, and I didn't want to just like squish it all down into forty minutes. I'm like, you know, hey, this this is this is my journey. This is my truth. The name of my podcast is Living Her Truth, so why not put it out there? So I really do pray that this, so far what you've heard has motivated you and helped to release shame and embarrassment, you know, from you. And I just really pray and hope that it gives you whatever it is that you need to know that you are loved. There's purpose. And God still has you. You just have to just lean a little hard on your faith and trust in him and ask for help. So family, thank you so much for listening to my podcast every single week. If you need support on your self-awareness journey, then head on over to LakeishaWooder.com forward slash coaching for more information. Also note that all Audible recommendations are linked in the show notes and you can try Audible for free. So any book that you've heard on this podcast episode, click the link that says Audible recommendations in the show notes. Please remember also to leave a five-star rating and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to click the community button in the show notes so we can stay connected, so we can continue this conversation. <sighs> Family, as you know... I set a really lofty goal to touch 1 million hearts within the next two years, and I can only do it with your help. So please remember to download each episode, share this conversation with at least four people you know, and repost it on your favorite social media platform.
family. I appreciate you. My heart is filled with so much gratitude. And until next time, always remember that you are enough and your truth is beautiful.